I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hej och välkomna till Vinpratarna. Idag ska vi få träffa en dansk kultvinmakare som ligger bakom Spaniens dyraste vin och som inte minst gjort en insats för att sätta Ribera del Duero på kartan men som också gör höjdar viner i Bordeaux. Givetvis pratar vi om legendaren, den levande legenden Peter Sissek. Och jag träffade honom när han var på besök i Stockholm här för några veckor sedan och det blev ett intressant samtal onekligen och bland annat pratade vi om just historien bakom Pingus, vinet som redan första årgången 96 tokhyllades av världens vinjournalister, inte minst då den berömde Robert Parker. Vi får också bland annat höra lite om hans senaste ännu ej lanserade projekt i Spanien. Intressant, ni får lyssna och se. Hoppas ni gillar intervjun. Trevlig lyssning. So, uh, Peter Sisek, very honored to, to have you uh, on Vinpratarna, uh, yeah. the show. Very nice. And it was also an honor to, to taste your wines today. It was, um, I think I've tasted Flor de Pingus only before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was great to do it again, but also amazing to try the other ones as well, of course. So we'll, no. we'll talk about more about that later. Uh, but how come you, you decided to become a winemaker? The story from the start. What, what the was story it? was that uh, uh, my uncle uh, used to make wine in in the Grave region in Bordeaux, and when I was quite young, 13, 14 years old, we went to see him, and he'd he'd been living in in South Africa, so you know, and he would, had come back to to uh, Europe and and settled in Bordeaux, and. Um, so I went and saw him, and you know I just enjoyed everything about it. I thought this was, this is this is great. Mm. I want to. I also want to be a winemaker. <laughs> no? That was like, and uh, from being fourteen years old, and then, then, it it, it seemed a, a far fetched thing, but you know it was a nice pickup line mm. uh, when I was young too. Mm. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Become a Everybody else wanted to be fire firefighters or whatever, and I wanted to be a. But what was it that fascinated you with with the uh, with the winemaking? Uh? Yeah, I I always liked the land. Uh, I always liked nature, and I was you know loved to shoot and 
and uh, you know just everything about the countryside i i always liked that a lot and uh, uh the idea of 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 um of of living off the land was always something i wanted to do um but growing weed and barley and everything you know it's at least how it is set up today is not so interesting you don't see the end product of what you're doing no. so um when i when i came into contact with wine and suddenly saw that you actually produce something of the land that you could open and you can drink it you can share it with friends and Enjoy you can it. see it over yeah. time um i thought that was very compelling so um so there i went but you know there was still from 14 till you know when i it took some time and and um and uh, it was only after finishing school and my uncle insisted that i should come down and work for him for a year to see if it was something i liked um that it really became sort of more yeah more more you could yeah. you felt that you actually could it could happen yeah i, yeah. Could, yeah. I could feel it i yeah. could touch it yeah and you started off in bordeaux uh, yes yeah. yes i was from 83 to to 84 85 I, w- i was working there and you know just doing basic work you know it's in the cellar and, and on the tractor and doing everything mm-hmm. so so it was a wonderful time and then when i decided to 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 do this for for real um i had to get an education of course and, and the normal way of doing it would be go to the university in bordeaux or to Dijon in in yeah. Burgundy or Montpellier they have a wonderful university also or you I could have gone to Davis California and there are many places but again I th- ooh, I thought that was a, that was a bit <laughs> tricky you know if I didn't like making wine you know a couple of years later what would I do with an education think, yeah. as as a winemaker so so um so um I realized that I could study most of the stuff of the basic stuff the chemistry and biochemistry and whatever not microbiology i could do that at the agricultural college in in copenhagen so oh yeah so i'm actually educated as an um uh, agricultural engineer okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then you um So you, you and you started, and then you went, went back to to Bordeaux to to work. Or, or, or yeah, but then to... during my during my 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 five years study at at the university uh, in Copenhagen, in Copenhagen, um, I was I was not very much there. A lot of <laughs> lot of exams, but not very many lectures. So okay. I was always traveling. I was working in California. I was always out doing stuff, and. Um, But I did manage to get my degree, which was something. And um, and then when I finished, um, I I decided I wanted to work in California. And um, the idea was that I was that I actually got a job at, at Rich Winery, mm-hmm. um, uh, and um, that would have been wonderful. Paul Draper is, is still a, a a person that I admire very much, an icon of of the old style winemakers, inspired by by tradition. Um, so it would have been wonderful to work uh, for him, but um, uh, he told me that uh, in order to work uh, in California, it would be very convenient if I knew Spanish. Mm. And I, I had no Spanish; I had, of course, French and whatever. But Spanish was not really on my my list of, of languages. So I had the opportunity to go to to uh, to Spain, um, and I said for a couple of months in between, and. Um, And off I went to Spain, but I never really made it to California. <laughs> you, you, it's fascinating. Mm. But the, when you went to Spain, did you go to? Uh, did you end up in Ribera del Duero? Yeah, I ended up in Ribera yeah. del Duero. That, that was a project there um, uh, that later um, 
that I let, later mm. helped to become what today is called Hacienda Monastery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that was around 90. Like, 90, 90, yeah, that was yeah, 90. Yeah. And so mm. the vineyard was, was planted in, in 90. And so, that, of course, there was a long way. And, and I was eager and I needed to do something. And so by 94, 95, I decided I wanted to do something on my own. Mm. Um, and I, I happened to fall on a great vintage and a great vineyard and I made pinkers. So, yeah. No. And the, and the rest is history, as you, you can say. You know, that. Yeah, <laughs> but but that is that is still interesting. But because why did you decide to do it in Ribera del Duero? I mean, you you could have gone. Yeah, but uh, it, that, that was that was by chance. And, and I said, um, uh, I I, w- I, w- I went there a bit by chance to yeah. to learn Spanish, basically. And then you liked the land. Yeah, and then, yeah. then I I was offered to 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 be responsible for the project of developing a winery and a whole. Uh, yeah, the whole thing, you know, vineyard and winery mm. uh, that turned out to be Hacienda Monastery. And and at that time, you know, that, was a, that was a huge opportunity. Yeah. That was like jumping, you know, a lot of escalons, no? To mm. to to get to where I really wanted to to be responsible for my own project. Oh, yeah. But but um, tell us about the uh, the land that you bought around 94, uh, when you started to, to make yeah, the first... Yeah, yeah, 95. Yeah, you bought yeah, it in 95. Yeah. And you I, didn't, I didn't buy it. I, I, I bought the first grapes. Yeah. Uh, I knew the vineyard, of course. I'd mm. you know, seen the vineyard. And I liked the vineyard very much. But it was owned by by um, by uh, a guy whose father had planted the vineyard in 1929. And it was wonderful, and, and it still is a wonderful vineyard, uh, from the aspect of it. Um, mm. My intuition was it could produce something really outstanding. But of course, until I had made the wine, I didn't really know how 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 great it was because they they didn't make wine themselves. They they sold all the they grapes to, okay, yeah. to the cooperative, mm. so I couldn't sort of back trace and say, "Wow, the twenty nine is great and the other oh, one is I great see. and all that." So so of course it was a chance, uh, but I I felt good about the vineyard, um, um, and the first wine I made it was just really I, I would say I never really made anything as great as that ever since, which is. Not really true, but no. but um, it was really something I'd never tasted anything like it, and nor had anybody else, which was probably also why it became so famous so fast. Yeah, yeah. It was really at that moment, and I think I always call it sort of a time capsule. I mean, I, I, if I had decided to make it in 97 or any other vintage, I don't think it would ever have had happened. No. Uh, so it was really the right wine at the right moment, at the, the right time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... so um, yeah, so it was it was part of luck in that in that in that mm. timing also. But mm. but the wine was really something unique. I mean, it was totally totally, and it still is when you when you uh, if you're fortunate enough to taste it today, it's still a fantastic wine. Yeah, we we'll get back to 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 that because it's a, it's a story in itself. But if you just could tell us a little bit about the actual place where the vineyard is. I mean, the the, the yeah, so, and so, the so, so, yeah, and so Ribera. Um, uh, as so many other things from the Castilian area of Spain, which is the old Catholic, really conservative part of Spain, um, that um, in the 15th century uh, reconquered mm. Spain from the Moors. We had seven, almost 800 years of, of yeah. Moorish uh, uh, occupation of, of the peninsula. Um, and these very tough hard people um, uh, Isabella Católica and her husband Fernando of Aragon uh, who united the Christian part of northern Spain and decided to to uh, 
to go and liberate, mm. uh, as they saw it, uh, Spain from from the Moors. We talk about seven, eight hundred years. Huh? Yeah. That was it's a long time. A long I mean, time, yeah. so you can you can say who owns the land, no? But but the, <laughs> yeah. uh, these northern Spaniards, they they certainly believe that that it still belonged to the Iberian race, mm. and um, <laughs> uh, so they they went after after the Moors and and um, and 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 at the same time, which was was rather unique, um, uh, they had a guy asking for f- uh, finance to go. Uh, and find another route for going to India, and he happened to find America. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, all at the same time, Spain became uh, the Catholic Spain became it enlarged their area enormously, mm. uh, not just in in Iberia, of course, but also also around the world, mm. and became immensely rich, and uh, by marriage and intermarriage and every all kinds of stuff became a very, very big power that they had never been. Mm. But the, the place where they came from um, was sort of uh, the, the center of the hurricane, if you can say, and it always was very backward yeah. and, and devoid of any kind of, of riches and everything because everything was in order to maintain this immense mm. empire that they had. Uh, no money ever came into, <laughs> into where they actually came from. No. Um, so, so it has always been very archaic, but very, very pure and very, very strong. I, I really, I love that area a lot. Um, uh, uh, before they sort of reconquered Spain, uh, Valladolid, which is our uh, the, 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 the Catholic, uh, that and Toledo mm. uh, were the two sort of Catholic capitals of Spain. Um, and, um, and of course, the wine that was drunk at court was the wines from Ribera mm. and the sort of rancho style white wines from Rueda that we know today as a very crisp, wonderful yeah. white wine. Um, uh, they were the wines that, that were drunk. Uh, when when uh, Felipe II, the, the, the godson of, no, not the, the grandson of these uh, Catholic kings, became king of Spain, uh, everything moved to Madrid mm. and, and our area became sort of lost in time yeah. uh, until basically until the development of the railroads and and, and there, there were no way of really getting the wine out of that area so mm. it was sort of stuck in time between monasteries and, and the local population but there was no real sale but uh, the, the, the tradition of wine producing is, is very very ancient mm. Uh, mm. in that area also through the monastic um, influence uh, more than a thousand years ago there are five very big monasteries along there are much more, but in, in just within our, our uh, Ribera del Duero area, mm. um, five big important monasteries, uh, especially the, the the most important one, uh, which is my neighbour, basically where I live oh, yeah. today, yeah. is the Cistercian Monastery from 1156. Oh, okay. And um, uh, the Cistercians, of course, were the ones who founded Burgundy as we know it today. Yeah. So so uh, there's a lot of lot of history. history. There's a lot of uh, important influence in that area, uh, and we're just there to try to rediscover all the fantastic things that, that this area really has to offer. Yeah. And when it comes to, to soil type and, and in your yeah. actual vineyards. So, so all the all the interior part of Spain, uh, sort of the, the, the what you can call the plateau of Spain, which is uh, this dried out arid uh, area, is uh, old raised seabed. Mm. So when Africa sort of chucked into 
into Europe and created the Alps and the, the Pyrenees and everything. Uh, it also lifted the interior part of Spain up to six, seven, even nine hundred meters oh, yeah. on a flatland sort of a raised seabed, and the interior is all uh, quite uh, uh, lime, limestone oh, influenced. So where, where you would traditionally plant Tempranillo uh, would be on these limestone soils. Oh yeah. All around, uh, sort of the edge of Spain and Portugal would be uh, granite and slate oh. of various types. And there you would normally have Grenache or Mencia or other, other varieties, but the, sort of the interior part of Spain, that would, which is this raised seabed, mm. enormous mm. area, that, that would, would be the heartland of Tempranillo. And yeah. the Tempranillo is the grape, local grape that we grow there. Yeah. Um, th- and then you, you, you produced the first vintage of, of Pingus, and, and uh, I guess most wine-interested people know uh, that you got great reviews uh, I got the first score which was from a bell assembly I got 96 to 100 point but yeah. that was the first time it was not so much the, the score in itself it was more, more what he wrote yeah. uh, Parker uh, that it was one of the greatest young wines he'd ever tasted in his life that yeah. he thought this wine was going to become legendary um, that it had an aging potential of 40 to 50 years and all kinds of stuff that that sort of Ignited yeah. the interest of, but he was not the only one because there, there, were, there were all the other great wine writers, uh, René Gabriel in Switzerland and Michel Petain mm. and, and Stephen Tanzer and all kinds of people wrote about this wine as being something really out of the extraordinary, and um, and it just helped to fuel. Um, the interest in, in in this wine, and yeah. I would say, ever since I tried to live up to this <laughs> to this enormous responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. But do you remember today what you actually felt? So how was it back then? It was, it was your first vintage. What, what that was unreal. F- yeah. unreal. Unreal. Yeah. It was. You never expect that. I mean, it wasn't because that's that was wasn't the reason why I made it. No. I knew I'd made something that was quite extraordinary, but. Um, for the first time, to hear your own wine mentioned among all the greats. I mean, it was it was really unreal. Yeah, could you have imagined? I mean, no, you, 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 you no. tasted it before, no, yeah, before yeah, them, yeah. but you, yeah, no, yeah, I could yeah. not. You know, it was good, but you know, yeah, yeah. didn't know. No, no I didn't know in the context. I mean, I I knew I had a very classic wine education, if you can say that. My my parents in Denmark were were drinkers of classical, yeah. you know, Bordeaux, Burgundy, and since my youth, I'd, I'd been, you know, not that. That I was drinking when I was a very young <laughs> child, but but I've been able to taste great stuff, and you know that around the dining table was wine was was was, and my my grandparents were also wine collectors. Oh, yeah. So you know I had it, and you know with my uncle in Bordeaux and everything. So so wine was not something archaic or, or something I didn't understand, or, or and and I would say also the, the way I was brought up in wine. Uh, also makes that my interest in wine is is from a very classical background. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. I, I I believe that all the classical areas arise for for a certain reason. Um, I can also see from this historic reason why Ribera was lost in the time. But it, for me, it's like a brute jewel that that can still produce something outstanding. Mm. And just for infrastructure reasons, it, yeah. it, it maybe didn't even shine. But but uh, on on this context, I think it's very important to to. To mention one thing, uh, um, I think it's really important that uh, for us in Europe, uh, from the classic wine regions and from classic grapes, uh, is the fact that you know it's not a it's not by coincidence that Tempranillo oh. is our grape in our area. 
that is, you know, several centuries of 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 of, of selection and trying to try find and out art, trial and, and error. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where um, and this is not as as a, it's more an observation than is a criticism um, of the modern world, if you can say the the uh, wine world, uh, and you can take California, Argentina, Chile, uh, Australia, South America, um, uh, were developed with uh, wines that had already had success in certain areas. So people they would bring Cabernet because it worked well in Bordeaux, and when you're out there in the outskirts as as immigrants, you mm. want to drink something of the great from the old areas. No, so of course these very well tried grapes were the ones that you brought with with you, mm. Uh, mm. and and so they developed, but. That's second generation, if you can say that, and 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 it takes the reason why you grow Cabernet in Bordeaux and Pinot Noir in Burgundy is that they have several hundred years of, of experience. Yeah. That that works very well there. It's not the same that you take a Cabernet that has worked very well for two or f- three or four hundred years in Bordeaux and you bring it to Chile no, and no. expect it to to perform like like it does in Medoc. No, so so I, I think it's it it doesn't mean that you cannot produce great wines. In these areas, but they do not have the same tradition. And I think it's something we should be very uh, careful and very aware of in in the old wine world, um, and especially today, marketplace where where uh, the wine tradition in the modern world there are no kind of restrictions. You can plant anything mm, wherever yeah. you want. Um, there are no soil classifications. There's nothing. And which is, of course, at an open world, you can do whatever you want, which mm. is wonderful. Mm. Uh, but you also have often very different labor costs and stuff. So, so you you also understand very well why you are able to produce so cheap uh, wines in in many areas, um, which is a big problem for us in mm. our where we have legislation, we have rules from Europe that, that impose on us that we cannot produce more than a certain exactly. uh, uh, amount cool. of, of, of liters per hectare and all that kind. So, so wine from Europe should not be cheap. We should not compete with the modern world on, on price. No. We should compete on, on quality. Um, and I do believe that we have an advantage if we if we're humble and we listen to history. We have an advantage because we have uh, varieties that are very adapted to the place where they're grown. Yeah. Of course, if we want to be modern, and there, there was a there was a fashion in Spain where they wanted to start planting Cabernet and all kinds of stuff to to see that if it and, and trying to act like a modern world country. And, mm. we, and Spain mm. is not. Spain is very ancient, and we should cherish and 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 really impose what we have. We shouldn't try to compete with selling the cheapest wine in the world. It's, no. it's, it's a tragedy. Spain can because it's quite easy to grow grapes in Spain. So we can, we maybe have, in, among Europe, European wine countries, we have one of the lowest production costs. Uh, but nobody, because the, the Spanish character that I love very much, they are pretty laissez-faire and, you know, uh, uh, and, and and it's just a, for me it's a, it's a sad fact right now that that Spain is not considered so much for the very fantastic quality that it has. It's more being drunk on the on the fact that it's just a cheap wine and you know mm. people and it and it tastes well, which shouldn't be bad. <laughs> should no, be no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so um, um, I think there's a lot of stuff that 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 that, that can be done there. I'm very proud of 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 making wine in Spain today. Um, 
And um, even though I still like the classical areas and I still drink, of course, the Bordeaux and Burgundy and all kinds of, of, of wonderful classical wines, I also think that Spain has, if we work in this tradition, we, we have a, a, a very much a place in the world. Yeah. Uh, and what, what's, what's your opinion on, on the Spanish wine scene in general? What, what's, what, what's happening right now in, in Spain? I mean, I've, I've only been there for 20 years, which is, you know, a drop in the ocean of, of time. So yeah, but you know what's very, happening going on Yeah, right but now. it has also been, you know, and I was 27 years, no, but so almost 30 years. Um, and it has been a very interesting time because it, it has been a time of transition. Transition. Um, uh, uh, we've had, uh, for better or for worse, we've had this, 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 uh, Parker had this enormous belief in, in Spanish wines to mm. be the, the newest great thing and everything and and um, I don't think we ever really lived up to his expectations of what Spain could be at least not for most of the wines um, so there's been a certain vulgarization of, of, of wine people have lost uh, a bit the, the good feelings of tradition uh, uh, like in so many even in, in, the, in the classical areas uh, a lot of people have gone to find that in their approach to, to technique and to to um, I think that that's that's a fact for many areas you know even the even in Bordeaux probably more than Burgundy um, uh, things are becoming increasingly technical mm. and 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 made by people who are more technicians than they are actually vignons, no? Mm. And and I think the the word of vignon, which is wine grower, uh, uh, is is something that we we must come back to because the wine is grown in the vineyard. Um, uh, it's not it's not just grapes that we produce. We produce. On long term, we produce a wine, yeah. and and so you cannot have the same concept. What's good for, if you were a, a farmer, just selling the grapes, uh, is not necessarily good for making the wine. Yeah. Uh, so so we have to be very careful about yields. We have to be very careful about a lot of technique in in the vineyard in order to make the best possible grapes for making the best possible wine mm. in the future. Mm. And and that is not always the same. No, I see. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Back to Pingus then. I mean, can you describe what is it that makes Pingus such a, such a, I mean, why I mean, the, the, is it the, such the a very easy, wine? The, yeah, the very easy question, or the answer to that, of course, would be, Yeah, it's a great site, and you know, and, and it is. I mean, there's no 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 doubt about it. But even even a great site can produce very bad grapes mm. if the grower is not a very skilled person. So it takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of experience. Um, and with wine, um, what's very difficult with wine is that you 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 um, you you move forward. But mm. learn backwards, no? <laughs> to 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 quote uh, Kierkegaard, no. Uh, so uh, you make wine forward and understand it backwards. So mm. so so a lot of the stuff that 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 you do right now, you will see the consequences of it maybe ten years ahead in time. And at the same time, there are nine vintages in between. You actually learn from what you you did ten years ago. Mm. So so it needs. And I mean, this this is one of the reasons. Uh, I always say that I've, I've been more than just lucky because I was I was lucky to 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 make by pure chance basically, uh, or out of extreme innocence, uh, be able to make a wine in '95. What I what I what I really, but it took me until almost 2014, mm. uh, almost 20 years later to really understand what I'd done in, in 15 in, in '95. Okay. So so okay. it's it's a very long and, and of course you understand why why winemaking is or growing the grapes and everything and the whole wine growing concept is something that is so associated with with uh, experience mm. so to be, a, to be a young guy of 20 something and go out and make a great wine is almost impossible yeah. unless there's an enormous part of chance in it mm. uh, and so so you know you need time to understand wine and that's why the greatest winemakers are always you know quite aged people who have who have seen a lot of stuff mm. and, and 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 you know it takes it's it's a wonderful feeling when once you start to sort of see the whole picture and 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 can can use it in a in a in an interesting way yeah. but it takes time so, oh. yeah. what would you say is your um your wine making philosophy or whatever you call it what's <laughs> yeah. your philosophy when it comes to uh, do less okay <laughs> yeah. do less uh i would say um Try to understand your land. Try to let the land express itself in the most natural way. Let it be, you know, you look at the soil. The soil must be very loose and wonderful and, and natural in it, in it sort of. I always say we, we must inspire ourselves in, in forest floors. Right? You mm -hmm. go to a forest and uh, the, uh, natural forest. We're not talking about plantations. No? No. We talk about natural forest. Um, um, and... Um, uh, You see these wonderful trees growing many centuries uh, and without any kind of, of input. No, there's no fertilizer. There's no disease uh, fighting, and they all grow in a wonderful way because they're all in balance. Huh? Unless man comes in and start fucking everything up. Excuse <laughs> my French, I say. Yeah. Um, and um, so, trying to understand and let yourself be inspired in that sense, I think, is very, very important. Mm. So, so. The more foresty you can be, I mean, a, a vineyard is a plantation, so it's not natural. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not kidding myself in that sense. But, but the more, 
the vineyard can be self-sustained in itself, uh, uh, the more important it is. Mm-hmm. And the resulting grapes coming out of that, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about laissez-faire, because it's not doing nothing that will help your vineyard to be, become a great vineyard. You have to be there, you have to prune it. Uh, you have to do a lot of stuff, but you must do it always with a big idea of that the vineyard should should feel itself in a natural environment. Mm-hmm. And the grapes that comes out of that are often are normally very balanced grapes, where the, what you need to do in the cellar is is limited. Mm. And the, and and the more you try to to let the wine express itself, often the better re- the result is. Mm. Too much ego put into a wine is not good for the wine. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's interesting because because winemakers tend to some winemakers uh put themselves in the in the back seat so to so to speak. It's it's the terroir that does the job and others say that yeah. no, it's yeah. it's the I winemakers mean, it's, it's, it's a human we, actually we, making the decisions yeah. here. So so it's No, I, I mean we, we we have the extreme maybe you do not have that much in in, in Sweden but in Copenhagen which is sort of, you know, my my hometown. Yeah. Also um uh the natural wine movement is a, is a big big issue um and uh, sometimes i i i wonder if you don't prune a vineyard mm. the vineyard will automatically be unable to produce grapes in any kind mm. so they will uh, the, the 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 vine itself is a lian it's a, you know it's it it, it should yeah. in a, in a natural environment it will be it's a forest plant it will grow on other trees it will support its foliage mm. uh, so it needs some kind of of support or something if it was a natural plant mm. if you do nothing to it you know it will and and you know it's not trellised or or, or 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 pruned in a certain way it will not be able to to do anything it will just grow into a wilderness of of of, of nothing mm. um, and the same with wine if if you leave the the uh, the fermentation of natural grape juice or any kind of, of fruit juice, the end result is not wine, no. it's vinegar. So the only true uh, natural wine that exists is vinegar. That is what happens to to wine if you don't do anything to it. So, so instead of being scandalized about this fact, I think it's a wonderful thing that man in cooperation with nature can produce something that is better than what nature can produce itself or man can produce on its own. Mm. So it's a, it is a collaboration and it's what we call civilization. Civilization and nature working together can produce something but civilization should never conquer nature mm. nor should nature conquer civilization. Mm. We we are this strange product of the creation where man is able to to have an opinion and do certain things but we should always do that in a respect for what the creation and the idea about the creation was all about, oh, without yeah. sounding too philosophical. Oh, that's, uh, I, I get it, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but you're working biodynamically yeah. in some... some no, uh, no, no every, the, everything every, is yeah. biodynamical. Not okay. PSI, because of no? course we, don't, we cannot control everything, no. but uh, because we do not fingers. own the vineyards, so we cannot impose on people. Of course. That and, and, and the biodynamic method, uh, which sometimes is highly controver- controversial, it is not very controversial. It's actually, it's, it's, it, without calling it directly common sense, um, it is basically a system that is based on trying to incorporate compost mm-hmm. um, like you would have on a forest floor. The forest floor is a wonderful thing where you have the dead leaves on top that are often dry, and then you have a, a different sandwich level 
of more and more degraduation. You have a lot of funky, all kinds of stuff uh, that that also is in touch with with the roots of the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are called migaritsa. Very important stuff uh, that can help. The the roots are pretty pretty stupid things. They can <laughs> they 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 can take a bit of water and a bit of you know the the, the basic minerals of the soil mm. but the finer minerals and, and often some of the minerals that are more difficultly extractable from the soil that yeah. can be phosphorus in some in some kind of, of form uh, potassium but even the smaller you know really complex minerals mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 root in itself is not very good at that but when it has these these funky living in symbiosis with the root where the, the funky gets um, uh, uh, sugar from the plant, yeah. um, uh, they will ex- excrete acid that makes a lot of minerals more soluble and more, oh, yeah. more easily mm-hmm. um, extractable for the, for, the, for the wine root or mm-hmm. for, the, for the forest root. And all this you would have in an untouched forest soil, you would have that a lot and almost within a certain area. Most of the trees they are interconnected in and through this 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 internet of of of, of fungi uh, mm-hmm. connecting, mm-hmm. Um, and apart from the fact that it's also you know you enlarge the, the the root area highly, so it's it's a very very efficient system, and you can you can imitate that a bit by adding compost and a lot of compost and a certain. Uh, uh, um, ways bacteria and fungi and all kinds of stuff uh, to the vineyard. Mm. Most people today don't do that. They will just add, you know, NPK uh, salts to the oh. salt and salts. They are, and you can you can try you can take salt yourself and you can try to see how 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 thirsty you get. Oh yeah, exactly yeah. the same thing happens to to plants. To the yeah. when, when 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 you add these salts, the vines they get they get thirsty. Oh. So if you don't have enough water in the soil. You will dry them out basically by these things, not with the uh, not with the compost that may have the same amount of of nitrogen and mm-hmm. phosphorus and potassium, um, but it's also liberated in a in a in a much slower rate. So the plant is like you go to McDonald's yeah. and you brum, yeah. you smack in two thousand two thousand yeah. calories in one mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. you know. You can maybe eat over the whole day two thousand calories, and it would not be the same as you just get in one. No. And the plants are as stupid as man are. <laughs> if they have it, they will do it. So, so, so if you, if you can put them on a diet, the plants of having enough to eat, but they they should eat it, you know, slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the biodynamic method is not the only. Uh, you can. I'm not saying it's the only way of doing it. And you can do it, but it's a very good kickstarting method for for a lot of vineyard. I mean, a vineyard like like like. Um, like Pingus planted in 1929, had been very well done by by people for a long, long time and everything. But you know, no grass, no no organic matter and everything. In the end, they end up being so dead. Mm. There's no no kinds of, of of microbiological life in this soil. Mm. And as we know that the wine, um, uh, not just the grapes, they need in order to transform uh, the sugar into alcohol, they need yeast. Mm also bacteria if there's nothing in the vineyard because you're sprayed it or you there are no material the, the yeast will not be there no. so so the more you can you can stimulate microbiological life around in the vineyard the much better if you'll rely on the fermentation done by natural yeast 
the much much better will will the wine be. Oh yeah. So. But, 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 but you Out of information, I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's, yeah. very, it's very interesting. But, but So you started, when, when you uh, started working with this particular part, plot of land yeah. in, in 95, 96, yeah. you, you started working biodynamically sort of... Yeah, by, by, by 2000, yeah, yeah. So in the, in the end, it's like, it's like playing tennis or mm. any kind of stuff. In the beginning, you're not very good. <laughs> it takes some time. Yeah. It takes some time. So, And I think there was a moment where, where we... Were a bit lost we didn't really know at the same time we sort of pushed the, the vineyard into a situation where it really didn't understand where we were going oh. so um so um humbly i was saying that we were probably a moment where where we we weren't very aware of, of what we're doing and we thought we were doing great and maybe we we're not doing that great so mm. uh, i have much higher comfort in what we're doing now than than a couple of years ago yeah. Uh, sort of sort of a buy story, but also back then when you have released the first first vintage, I think you made around three thousand nine hundred bottles or whatever it was uh, the first vintage. Yeah, four thousand. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. Yeah. But also, I, I heard a story about a, a ship on its way to the United States actually. Yeah, sunk I mean that, that 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 added to the myth. But, but how many know, bottles was it that? It was uh, nine hundred bottles. Nine hundred. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it's twenty yeah, yeah. percent or twenty five. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 So it added to the myth, but it's yeah. really yeah. Unfortunately, also took you know a, a big a lot part of bottles. Of, yeah, yeah, a lot of bottles out of out of circulation, yeah. uh, and and you know it, it 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 was a big boat. There was a lot of wine. It was not just my wine on it. I don't mm. know why why people tend to talk about it, <laughs> no. but you know it forms part of part of the, the urban legend of Pingus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But what, what has happened? I mean, the first vintage and. Uh, the, the latest vintage. What 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 has, what has happened in in I mean, with the wine of Pingus? How how have you changed the process? If, I mean, it, if in any way, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, what happened to Ferrari? Uh, you know, thirty years ago, and where they are today. Uh, they are still called Ferrari, but you know, it's maybe not. Now that's a bad example, but but in a way, it it is. I I would I would hate to claim that we've done something drastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also a, over the t- over the years. It's 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 it's, a, it's a evolution. Basically, what what there is is that we now really understand what we're doing. Uh, not just me, but also the people working in the vineyard, because obviously I'm not there all the, no, all the time. No. Um, and it's it's something that it's not just what we see or feel or believe. We have great people coming uh, not just other winemakers and but also you know consultants and, and and people who are used to work with some of the greatest vineyards in the world and they all like very much what we're doing so mm. I think we, we have reached a very mm, interesting point of of knowledge mm. uh, that it would have been impossible to gain the first year yeah. so so um, but uh, how are you as well affected by um, global warming, climate change, and uh, do, you, do you need to? I mean, uh, does it affect your, your your harvest time and stuff like that? Hmm. That's it's 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 a good question. I don't think it affects us so much. So much. I mean, we we adapt. Uh, mm. So I don't think it affects the wine in itself, and I think it's pretty easy to adapt. Um, I've been speaking a lot lately to Michael Torres, who is very worried about 
Yeah, he's very worried about the the, the common effect on. Um, I'm not so much. I, I, I agree that 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 certainly. I mean, the the the, the, the uh, my just to mention myself, <laughs> uh, my birthday is the fifth of May, yeah. um, and in in Denmark, that was the traditional uh, uh, um, uh, date of the sprouting of the birch, which is mm-hmm. famous in Denmark. Um, and uh, today, you know, I was just in uh, Copenhagen last last night, and now we are the twenty fourth of, of 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 April, and the birch is already. Oh yeah, yeah. So not everywhere, but you can you can see it, and you know, ten fifteen years ago, that you wouldn't you wouldn't see that. Um, uh, what what I find extremely annoying in this whole discussion um, about climate change or not is it seems to be so simple and stupid the discussion is is it man or is it nature no mm. where, where I mean why don't we try to to understand I mean everybody agrees that there's a there's a there's a there's a change in something but what doesn't seem to be so clear uh, but very little talked about or or communicated at least is how much is that due to a natural background evolution of of we can go back in in you know hundred thousand years mm. and see that that before man really had a big influence on nature, there were big changes in in temperature. Are we just in a very warm period mm. and um, how much is the, 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 the of course I'm not saying that man cannot uh, uh, influence uh, Um, the climate, but how much is that part of yeah. of uh, 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 so? Because what's interesting is if it's changing right now because there's an underlying we're into a warm period and we came from a very cool one, uh, meaning that the cool one was the 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 uh, not not the, the anom- historic anomaly. one, not not the, not the normal one. No, exactly, so, it was the anomaly. So, so what 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 is what is the normal uh, yeah. basically? Um, and how much is is the part that is directly um, um, directed to what man is doing? I think, just from a from a from a from a total logical point of view, um, uh, the idea that we use um, something that is reserves, mm. even if you just apply a very very long time, these reserves they will be depleted. Mm. What we do not know is, you know, how and when, and a lot of it depends on on technology. But we know that they are reserves mm. for sure. Mm. So, meaning that they will be able to be depleted, maybe in a thousand years or maybe in twenty years. I, 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 I don't want to go get get into that discussion because it doesn't really matter. But the thing is, what doesn't doesn't get depleted is the flow uh, energies that could be waves or wind or solar or all kinds of stuff. Why don't we instead of i understand it's expensive. I know it's not very efficient, mm. but why don't we work much more on that and trying to solve the problem instead of trying to solve it with huge problems of atomic power that we know that that works, but we create a deposit that we do not even know how to control. And why should we try to deplete something that has taken millions of years to do, mm. and that will eventually, eventually, maybe many thousand years down the line, and and we're all dead and gone by then, uh, will be depleted? Why not just use the constant flow yeah. um, 
That's what I don't understand. And mm. I, I don't understand why it should be so dogmatic, why it should be so politicized, all these kinds of bullshit that, that's, that's going on right now. Mm. One last question then yep. for you, uh, because you I mean you're working with several brands. You have the, the Pingus, of course. You have the Florida Pingus, PSI, and, and Chateau Rocheron. Mm. Uh, what's in what's what's in the future for you? It's you're going to focus on these, or or you haven't? No, any, I have one, uh, one more other, project other that that is that is on the on the launching pad. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm not sure if I'm I'm going to ignite it or not. Okay. Is a Fino Sherry. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would be sort of with that. Then I would say, okay, now now I don't need more. <laughs> then I have my pillars. Sort of. I mean, basically, the idea is is uh, vineyard designated fino mm. um, from a very specific you know area and and a very complete solera and uh, and focus on fino. Oh, uh, so interesting. I say ignite it. it. Would be nice to try. It. No, no, no. We 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 on it. We on it. We on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. on it. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. It will, it will, we could launch now, but you know, I would like to you know study it a bit before we just throw it out on the market. Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you for for taking the time talking to us. It was very very interesting. No, wonderful. It's Thank you. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.